1: And welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host, Ryan Key. Hello. I'm the other host. My name's Nick. No last name. Just
2: Nick. You're like Seal.
0: <laughs> He's the other guy.
2: That's the, uh, my update from last week. I got rid of my last
0: name. It's just Neek. Yeah. Oh, Neek. I get it. I got it. <laughs> I Neek. Get it. Neek. <laughs> when I was making, um, we, we have surprise posts coming to Instagram. So not too much spoiler, but I was making a custom song for Adam to use, hmm. and I wanted to sing Omega, but I didn't. But I, Adam, did I tell you that doing that was my least, like the, the worst streams I've had since I became an Air Quartz professional streamer? <laughs> you did not. Okay, so I got a really cool message from the like head kind of A and R guy. Call I guess we'd call him in the at the music on the music side of Twitch. That day, the day that I was working on the song. Uh, Either with you or the next day, I can't remember. It was one of the days I was working on it, and he was like, "Hey, man, this is great news. You're X in the list of of like top earners on Twitch as as music streams go." Um, and it was it was cool. It was like, "Wow, that's that means the channel's really kicking ass and building up," you know. And I was like, "Although it's funny you text me that today, because in the six weeks I've been streaming, I was working on this parody butt rock song for our podcast." <laughs> yeah. And nobody wanted to watch it. <laughs> People were tuning in like, oh, wh- wait, what? It, what is he doing? And then they just were gone.
1: They were gone. So I'm glad we got, it was fun, but I'm glad we got that over with. You should make a custom all caps, like impact font thing to go on, you know, whenever you're doing that, that just says, this is a joke right now.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't take any of this music
1: seriously. Don't leave. Hang out with me. This is a joke.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the posts because it was...
1: It was painful. <laughs> it's going to be good. I might, might put that on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Should sure. The YouTubes? The tubes. We'll do both. Tubes on my feet. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, Star Wars. We're covering the Bad Batch. Still, weekly, this is what we're doing until the end of season one. I'm not going to say anything until I do this, actually. What have you done with those plans? The Bad Batch season one, episode 13, infested debut July 23rd, 2021, Disney Plus, directed by Saul Ruiz, who's done other Bad Batch, written by Amanda Rose Muñoz, who's also done Bad Batch, writing and just writing for her, right? No directing, pretty sure. Yeah. 25 minute runtime, Disney Plus description to save a friend, the Bad Batch plot a mission to sabotage a gangster's operation. It's a lot of words this That's like this a novel. Week. Oh, my goodness. Pretty thorough. <laughs> wow, intern. High five. <laughs> new, it's, an, it's a new one. Yeah, the, the new intern has been listening to the podcast, apparently. <laughs> First impressions. What do you think? A lot of people have a lot of opinions about this one. What do you guys feel? I'm just proud of Nick. That's all <laughs> I want to say.
2: Yeah, play the clip from last week where I said, I think we're going to get a, a quote-unquote filler episode. I'm not going to call them filler episodes. We're above that. We know just from like Mandalorian and some other stuff and last season of Clone Wars and this, it's not filler. It's just potentially setting up other characters and other plot points and stuff like that for future episodes. Absolutely. Let's just be nice and say that's what that is. Yeah. Other than that, I literally have no opinion.
0: And we got to see like a (laughs) very
1: PG Starship Troopers.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: (laughs) for sure. Great film. I did enjoy this. It was a fun kind of adventure episode. And I just choose to be patient for the exact yeah. reasons that Nick just listed.
2: Yeah. What else can you really do? We can't just all be mad. I say this every week. I feel like can't just all be mad on the internet for the rest of our lives. It's got to end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's not so, going to. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like also <clears throat> there's there's peace in letting go. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that it's starting to look like we might be Cougar might be holding on a little tight. Yeah, might be holding on to our wings a little too tight <laughs> because maybe all of this big, intense what Omega means and Vader showing up and all these things we've dreamed of it might, it might maybe this is just a fun mm-hmm. adventure show. Yeah, you know, and just I mean, let's compare it to like
2: season one of Clone Wars or season yeah. one of Rebels. Like like these things weren't huge right away. So it's as much as you have like a pilot episode for a series in the same way you have like a first season to test the waters for things
0: so they they also uh, honestly man when we let's see what happens over the next three weeks let's see what happens but why not make a a, a show that's not super deep into the mm-hmm. skywalker saga and all the other stuff like yeah. what if we know that we know the premise for the bad batch in the big in the beginning was kind of like an a-team style joke like thus their names right that was that's been said in interviews and other places when talking about like the the creation of them. So I don't. that's what I'm saying there. Maybe there's some peace in letting go and just be like, you know what? They just want to make a fun show about these dudes that are going on all these cool missions all over the galaxy. Like it, it's not I mean, we're, we're late in the season is all I'm saying to be getting yeah. like a whole lot of meat on the bones about force sensitivity and all this stuff. Hmm. It's like I'm not mad about it. I, I still get to watch Star Wars every week. I know the the next episode is
2: called War Mantle, so that has to be I think we're good for the rest oh, of yeah. the season. Operation
1: War Mantle, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think we're good for the rest of the season. I think we got a, our misplaced weird episode. You know, that if that if this last episode was like episode four or five, I think it would have been easier to like handle,
1: you know. Dude, here's the best silver lining interpretation. They did a quote disposable episode. In the final four episodes, the the first of the last quarter of this season, there is no way they would do that if this was the only season. Yeah.
2: Agreed. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? So this is as much proof as anything else that season two is coming.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just remember watching it and thinking that. I, I was thinking, I was watching it and I was like, all right, you know what? Just Let's honestly just let this be what it's going to be. Like, mm-hmm. don't keep sitting here and waiting for something to happen that's not going to happen. And maybe maybe something is going to happen, but instead just... Just watch Star Wars. Like I don't know. I've been like all in my head about what it all means and where it's Mm -hmm. going. And like it's the Bad Batch. Like their names are Hunter and Rika. And like (laughs) it's it may not be all that. So it's and that's fine. It's been awesome. It's been a killer
2: ride. At least not right away. Yeah. Either you know, like if we have how many years before before a New Hope? It's like we might get seven seasons of this and it might really pick up in season four, five, six, you know? It, yeah.
1: It, I, I hope I'm alive to see it. <laughs> Omega becomes a young adult. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do a quick synopsis. We open up with the Bad Batch returning to Ord Mantel after a mission, and they find out Sid has been ousted from her... Bar? What does she call it? She doesn't call it a bar. She calls it like a... Parlor. A, her parlor. The parlor. Yeah. Sid's parlor. By a Devaronian gangster named Roland Durand. He offers them a working agreement somewhere to Sid. They say, we'll think about it.
0: I'm gonna throw this in really quick. It's There's no way it's connected, but Roland Duchesne from The Dark Tower. What's that? Roland of Gilead, Stephen King, anyone? that mm-hmm. He's like a gunslinging... Maybe, maybe
1: it's a reference. Who knows? I, I don't I, didn't,
2: I did not see it.
0: I heard the name and I was like, huh. You know
2: what huh. I thought of? And in my head, I'm like, come on, guys. Uh, Rio Durant, like the monkey yeah. guy from Solo. Yeah. Like if yeah, they're yeah. sitting around writing and someone's like, so this guy's named Roland Durant, someone didn't raise their hand and be like, that sounds like Rio Durant. Could we do uh, any other different sounding name? And they were like, no. <laughs> Let's just go with it. It's way too similar for me. Just come up with something new.
1: Randy. Rubber band. <coughs> Rumber bandandian. <laughs> so they meet up with Sid outside the parlor. I'm going to be really fast with this. They plan to sabotage Roland's upcoming spice deal and make it look like Roland is essentially an ineffective smuggler and just screw him over with the Pikes who he has a deal with. We know the Pikes from the Clone Wars. We know that there's a long history with the Pikes. We'll talk about them later. The plan is to sneak into her office to steal the spice. They can't just go in the front. They need to do this all stealth like. So they have to go through these underground caverns to get in there fully undetected. And the caverns are infested with Erlings, which are these big bugs. Thus, the name infested Starship Troopers. Maybe this episode is a reference to uh, Papa Roach. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And of course, everyone has to be quiet as not to wake up the bugs because they're sleeping in their cavern in their. They're sleepy. Sleepy Can we buzz. take a
0: second to acknowledge that the Bad Batch is just willingly engaging in the drug trade in yeah. this episode? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like are we we're on that page? Right, spice is drugs for right. sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it, but it's also I mean it's they're like opioids, so they're used for medical reasons as well. Okay. Okay is what I like. Yeah. How's that though? opioid right.
0: thing working out for everybody? It's great pretty in good, Missouri. Right? Pretty good. It's really yeah. good here. Yeah, the, the hills of Tennessee, man, they that's it's really strong here. <laughs> a lot of progress, a lot of progress. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought about that while I was watching and I was like, "Oh, so hey kids, come gather around, watch the bad batch where they <laughs> move kilos of drugs and illegal <laughs> operations with a
1: kid as part of the team." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's safe. There's a kid. Yeah, it's basically um Space Ozark. <laughs> So they steal the spice. It's a a big ordeal. We won't go into detail there. But Roland's cronies end up chasing them out through the caves. All hell breaks loose. They, of course, end up blasting each other. They wake up all the earlings. They're swarming everywhere. They lose the container of spice. Back in Sid's former office, the Pikes come for their spice. They threaten Durand, and he tells them the spice was stolen. And they're like, that's unacceptable. Bad Bats show up at the parlor. Pikes threaten to kill everyone unless they get their spice. So the Bad Batch and Sid go back to the caverns to get the spice because it, it's not like the episode with, uh, episode of the Clone Wars with the Martez sisters where they dump it out into space, like the container or whatever just fell to the bottom, right? So they go back to get that, but they keep Omega there as collateral. The Pikes keep her in Sid's office. It is a bad situation. She stays there with Roland. The Bad Batch get the crates, but of course all hell breaks loose again. The Erlings start swarming them. It goes full Starship Troopers once again. But Tech realizes the Erlings are sensitive to light. So they hit them with the flashlights. They see that working. And then they make this light bomb that is really reminiscent of something that I can't remember. But they toss it out, hits them with all kinds of light. They escape. They call them
0: torches in the episode, which I liked. Yeah. I think Tech maybe goes, use your torches. Hmm.
1: Very British. It's great. Use your flashlights would sound real stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Use your mag light. The one you got from Walmart. They're on sale. I got two. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Bad Batch returns the spice to the Pikes, so they're all technically off the hook, but to send a message to Durand, the Pikes cut off one of his horns. He's a Deveronian with the horns. We'll talk about this later. Roland ends up piecing out. Sid has her bar back. The end. That's the short version. That's the skinny. Uh, We can discuss a little bit. I mean, just... Drugs and hostages and murder.
0: It's a cartoon. Yeah, it's for kids, man. You know, don't take it too
1: seriously. (laughs) We were talking before this about the Ninja Turtles movie in 1990, the first live action one, about how it was not (laughs) a kid's movie the way they intended, like, The Foot Clan. Those kids were stealing cigarettes and stuff, and they were yeah like giving each other tattoos in this underground lair. And
0: all we wanted to do was was be in that lair. That's all. That was my (laughs) whole life's mission was to get out of my house and find that place. (laughs) So, what was that about Star Wars? There was something in in here about Star Wars. (laughs) I think we talked about Star Wars.
2: I thought it was very funny. At the very end of the episode, Roland grabs his little pet Ruby. He's like, "I'm gonna leave now." And he just turns around and walks away. And that's it.
1: Goodbye. I think I'll be going. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Does he say something or does Omega say something after where she's like, he cares for Ruby. So like maybe he'll, he'll be friendly down the road.
2: Yeah. Hunter and Omega have that uh, conversation. But just the right. way he left the episode, I was like, we need more there.
0: Yeah. Where are you going?
2: How are you going?
0: But but I, I got the vibe from that conversation between Hunter and Omega that, that he may be of future use yeah i think
1: so yeah there's something there and we we should discuss this i guess let's just get right into this because here we are in the discussion segment so i think that like the biggest takeaway in terms of like character development and the the more long-term importance is we're really kind of discovering bit by bit but i it i felt it more in this one omega's sort of superpower so to speak you know her specialty whatever she's she she's not only intuitive like Hunter, but she's emotionally intuitive and she connects with people in a way that they don't. She's always checking them on their shit. She's always keeping them in the right direction. They could be full on like dirty ass mercenaries by now. If she wasn't there to kind of find the human element in every situation. And she really, in that, you know, that kind of, um, in that collateral captivity moment that she's in with Durand, she really connects with him. And you realize that he's not this big, bad gangster. He just, He's trying to impress his mom, who's yeah. the actual big bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he got that name dropped. So, you know, I
2: assume we're going to get Roland and then his mother. Issa Duran. Because I just think, you know, since we're discussing and we've said it along the course of us covering this whole thing. It's like it's been a while since I felt like things were circling around like a Han Solo crime syndicate, you know, type of scenario. And now we're bringing that back in. Where are the mm-hmm. Pikes? Crime syndicates, yada yada, like I feel like it could be a a slow burn before we get there, but that's where the meat of the story is. I feel like you can't just follow the Empire for seven years, there's going to be crime syndicate stuff in there.
0: Yeah. So you mean we're not going to get my Corellia Young Han Solo episode this season? We're not getting that? Damn it. We'll see. Not this season,
2: maybe. What if that was the one random episode episode? It was just straight up Han Solo.
0: (laughs) I was fine with that. That's what I said. You should just help them in in one of their adventures. Totally.
1: But the big thing is Issa Durand, Roland's mother, the way he talks about her, and I mean, they're a crime family, right? Mm -hmm. And he tries to downplay it when (laughs) Omega's like, oh, she's also a criminal or whatever she says. And he's like, it's not like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, she's clearly going to come back. Like, this is a setup for something else, right? Mm -hmm. This is... Like we said before, you don't throw this at the end of a first season just as a throwaway. Yeah. Just gonna be whether she comes back next season or she's part of like the last arc, whatever, she's gonna be a thing. And Nick, like you're saying, all the crime syndicates are like coming up into focus now. We're it's like we're just laying them out here. Like we're gonna yeah. s- potentially see Maul. You know what I mean? Maul, Dryden Voss. I mean, just think about what we saw so
2: far in this season that we saw in season seven of Clone Wars. Like that was yeah like backdoor pilots for the Bad Batch. So Mm -hmm. they already have Dryden Voss animated in that one scene. Yeah. So I I think that's where we're most likely heading because also look at what they're doing. They're working for Sid. They're doing shady stuff for Sid who's either potentially part of a syndicate or just this weird like Hondo-esque like character where she's, she does crimes, but she's also
1: likable.
0: They're literally stealing drugs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. dude i mean same thing with han solo same thing with poe dameron Mm -hmm. lando yeah doing what they have to do to survive in a shitty galaxy run by a shitty empire yeah everyone's on drugs in star wars that's (laughs) what we're saying (laughs) star wars is for everyone drugs are for everyone (laughs) all right let's move on a certain point of view many of the truths we cling to depend
2: greatly on our own point of view Thought I had the force, but I was just really high.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I swore I was moving that thing with my mind, (laughs) man.
1: (laughs) Bro, you've been on the couch for three days. (laughs) time I thought I had mono. Turns out I was just really bored. (laughs) We don't want to harp on this too much, but a lot of people complaining, I guess, about this being a seemingly pointless, boring episode to kick off the last quarter of the season. And we've already kind of responded to it, but... It just, it's it's the same thing. Patience, man. They're yeah. setting up stuff. I don't think there's much else to really push back with. I just think personally,
0: I'm going to stop letting myself get hung up on th- them setting stuff up. Because what mm-hmm. if they're not? Yeah. What if they're not setting stuff up? Yeah. Yeah. Then that's the way the show is going to go. And I'm still going to love it. So I, it's like, I feel like I've been a little bit too expectant mm-hmm. throughout the season, you know, and I'm just going to let it happen, bro. Just let it happen, man. Yeah, I think in
2: general, that's, you know, we're all learning from previous mistakes of just the Disney era in general of like hypothesizing and all this stuff. And yeah we're mature, smart adults who are we're, we're learning, you know, like we do have a podcast because we do love this, but we can't just hang on every single thing meaning something else because that is just going to screw with our expectations and that and how we get to watch things. And when we relax a little bit, it opens ourselves up to be more excited when something big does happen.
0: You must unlearn that which you have learned.
1: Mm. Yeah, I listened to the Star Wars Theory podcast and the dude didn't even do a breakdown this week. Mm -hmm. He just kind of complained about it. And I was like, dude, this is your job.
2: Yeah, that's that dude's whole thing. I don't watch his stuff.
1: Do your job. Also, like you mentioned, Nick, season one of the Clone Wars (laughs) didn't exactly kill. Yeah. But- we were just so spoiled by the final season of Clone Wars, the final season of Rebels. We, our expectations are just so high, but coming out of the gate with this level of, even this episode crushes everything in season one of Clone Wars. Mm. Let's all just enjoy it.
2: Yeah, it's fully, you have to maintain perspective. You're watching Star Wars in the year 2021, and the other option is having
1: nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's it. So, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I'm totally good. All right, let's move on. Thousand It is the Dark Sith. Oh, gosh. It's
2: a calicole. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. The secret's only the Sith knew.
1: Welcome to the Den of Antiquities. Gundarks, they get a mention mm-hmm. early on. It's cool. When they're coming back from the mission and they're like, Sith better pay us extra, you know, all those Gundarks, whatever. We first hear of Gundarks when Han Solo says to Luke after he comes back from the Wampa attack and everything.
2: How you feeling, kid? Don't look so bad to me. Fact, he looks strong enough to pull ears off a of Gundark. Thanks to you.
1: Also mentioned in Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan says to Anakin in the elevator. I haven't felt you this tense since, since we fell into that nest of Gundarks. <laughs> and then we finally actually see a Gundark in The Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 11, Dooku Lost... They're big old, kind of like muscly, almost like uh, the demon dogs from Ghostbusters, but with (laughs) big ears and taller. Totally. yeah. Kind of purple. You're thinking they're like bugs or
0: something. Yeah, yeah. For
1: a long time,
0: and then they're not.
1: But they're like hairless bodybuilder demon dogs. (laughs)
0: Gross. Starting a band right now. (laughs) Hairless bodybuilder demon dogs. (laughs) I mean, dude, at this point. From
1: hell. (laughs) That name would work. I listened to a band called Eskimo Cowboy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i
2: like that actually i'll never in a million years forget this early david letterman doing the late show so not his like first show the second show he had a pair of dice for one segment it was like band name generator and it was just random names on a dice and yeah i remember one that. of them i don't know if he did this multiple times but i remember one of the names was Stomach Monkeys. And I'm just, I don't know, I'll never <laughs> <Yeah>. forget that. <laughs> the Stomach
1: I bet Monkeys. I thought you were going to be like, one of the names was Bayside. No. <laughs> the Stomach Monkeys. Bayside Gundarks. <laughs> Speaking of weird animals, the lizard pet named Ruby is the same animal that the Bad Batch rescued in episode seven.
0: Yeah.
2: So you see, be patient. Yeah. You'll see that. You'll see this stuff ever again. It
0: all means something. Yeah.
2: Ruby is Ray's mom. It all means
0: something. (laughs) Ruby Palpatine. Um, (laughs) Ruby is Snoke. Yeah. (laughs) Snoke is Ruby.
1: The cart chase is, of course, reminiscent of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Some Journey to the Center of the Earth. Um, What was the other one you mentioned, Mike? The Descent, right? You know, all those vibes. You're on a rickety little cart moving through a mine. There's a deep shaft. You drop something. There's Lord of the Rings vibes like when a homeboy drops the, what do you call that thing? Drops the lamp down the well, whatever, the movie with the wizards and the spells and stuff. You guys are familiar, right? Yeah, Gringotts.
0: They have a great cart scene in Gringotts. Throwbacks. You wouldn't know about that though. (laughs) I
1: don't know anything about that. What if you find out later that I've secretly have just been, this is like a long con to just do a bit on the podcast.
0: You like read the Harry Potter books when they came out as <laughs> even, like a new thing. You, you've yeah. been like a diehard fan. You have a deathly Hallows tattoo on your ass cheek <laughs> and you've never told anyone.
1: Yeah. I have my house tattooed like on my head like like, but you can't see it cause of my hair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're straight Slytherin dog.
1: Oh, that's rude.
0: I know. I know you want to be a Jedi. Like you want to be the light side, but if you had all those spells,
1: you'd be like, I, I would do spells. Yeah. you yeah. You wouldn't like follow the rules. And dude, how can you not be with Hans Gruber? You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not gonna spoil that for you, but you know. I mean I know what happens, but okay. I watched all that shit, remember? <laughs>
0: Think the Maker, a Harry Potter podcast.
1: <laughs> Clay.
0: Bill. <laughs> Clay. <laughs> you know how to use a gun, Bill.
1: Handgun, right? You know how he's a handgun, Bill. You ought to be on TV with that fucking <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Maker, a Die
0: Hard podcast.
1: Okay, we have to do Top Gun and we have to do Die Hard as bonus episodes for the patrons. Sure. <laughs> okay, sick. Uh, moving on. The Pikes are, as we mentioned, significantly featured in The Clone Wars. They're one of the big three that Maul gave orders to, like Nick mentioned, in Season 7 of The Clone Wars. They are also in Solo. They mm-hmm. look quite a bit different. I mean, it's probably hard. That would have been a big, like, props and CG budget to make them look like they do in Clone Wars. Yeah, they were spending all that on L three.
2: Seemed like maybe in Solo they maybe had a mask on,
1: right? Like something like that. It was the same kind of like um, weird, like tapered face, but just yeah. not as extreme. Mm-hmm. I mean, and more of a cloaked body.
0: Yeah, I for me, it's like I like the practical better than the, you know what I mean. I like they they're just back to looking too prequely to me now in the show mm-hmm. in the animated version.
1: Like I like I like the solo version because it looks real. They are my favorite species, though, in the Clone Wars. For whatever reason, I like those little beady ass faces and eyes.
0: It's alien, like yeah.
1: They're cool, and they're assholes, and that makes them. They're just they're like pure villains.
0: Which that's right. That's Mike just said. Pikes in the animated form look like the species from Independence Day.
1: Oh, Mm. this was supposed to be my weekend uh, off, but no, got me out here dragging your heavy ass through the burning desert with your dreadlocks sticking out the back of my parachute you gotta come down here with an attitude hacking all big and bad and what the hell is that smell uh-huh. <laughs> speaking of species roland is a devaronian a species which is first seen in the most Eisley cantina in a new hope mm-hmm. but we don't see them in live action again until the mandalorian chapter six the prisoner Heavily featured there, one of the crew with Bill Burr. Berg? Was that his name? Berg. That's not, Yeah, that's right. right. There is a prominent Deveronian crime lord in Rebels named Vizago who mm-hmm. runs a crime syndicate named, get this, the Broken Horn Syndicate. Well, there you go. Also has a ship named Broken Horn. So there's not a lot. I tried to do some research on whether, like, getting your horn, horn cut off is like... A traditional Deveronian like dishonor kind of thing. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's going to turn out to be some kind of thing where like dishonored, you know, former criminals or whatever, they kind of band together in this broken horn syndicate or something. But mm-hmm. that's not a coincidence. Or maybe, maybe it's Roland. Changes his name. No, who knows? Mike Sanders. No, I just, I, us-
0: I just mean, can Roland not, could Roland not be involved in some way?
1: Maybe there's something there. Yeah, maybe he starts that syndicate. Maybe Vizago's just, at the time of Rebels, the dude. Who knows? Vizago's where
2: uh, the travel site that I book all my flights on.
0: (laughs) Wait, you can eat your flying places? (laughs) They all get canceled, but I want to do that.
1: I still book them all the time, just (laughs) to make believe. Nick unbuttons his shirt down like three buttons and starts booking (laughs) travel. Uh, Mike said Vizago's only half, half Deveronian. Half a horn. Yeah. Dude, all I can think of with that horn broken off is Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) Great film. Dude, epic. Amazing. Underrated. And that's all for the Den of Antiquities. We'll see you next week. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite moments, favorite quotes. What do you guys have?
0: Um, because this is repeating myself from previous week where we had one of these types of, what did you say we're calling them now, Nick?
2: Uh, I mean, you can call them
0: whatever you want, but not. We're calling these a set up future plot episode. Yeah. Yeah. So in a time where we've had one of these before, I'm going to go with like the, the action sequence, like the end, getting the spice back with the Erlings and the light bomb and all that stuff. Like that was, that was the meat on the bones of this one. I'll go just
2: with, you know, a scene we listed for the poll. I, I kind of just like the Pikes really being, they they were threatening Durand before they actually got the spice back and cut his horn off. Like the Pikes mean business. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. just in general, that first scene where they were in the office talking to Durand and threatening him and and his family, right? So that kind of brings yeah. in his his mother too, which, you know, we're assuming will be a some sort of character in the future. So yeah, that's kind of... An overall, it is a specific scene, but an overall feeling of the Pikes being, you know, this badass syndicate that don't take no crap
0: from no one.
1: Oh, badass mutter. (laughs) I am going to go with the action as well. I think the first mind train kind of.
0: There's kind of two, right? There's two equally cool action sequences kind of in this one.
1: The first one just because immediately I was like, ah, Indiana Jones, sick. Mm -hmm. And it just looks cool. It's lit pretty well and eerie and vibey but there actually something that really stood out to me talking about lighting the second one when they got to they finally got to like the door to shut it at the end you know and like one bug came through at the very end and like splatted through the door right as yeah, shut yeah. It.
0: that was the best that that's yeah. like that was the starship troopers vibe i was talking <laughs> yeah. about it was like
1: the big exploding bug the lighting on him i guess it was coming through like the opening the hole but it was just really harsh and really hard shadows on that door Go back and look at it. It's, I don't know how to articulate why it's so good. It just, it's really contrasty and it felt like such practical light. Like there's a giant light aimed at him, but it, he's just a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. But it, I could like feel it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cinematic as hell. Thank you, Carol. Uh, quote,
0: a quote's a struggle this week, man. This wasn't a quotable episode.
1: No,
2: it was. You guys go. Struggle city, pull, pulling those <laughs> for sure. I mean, I'll always just go with tech being funny you know he was like i believe she's threatening us that's
1: it it's a low level thanks tech thanks for the insight i I guess
0: okay i'm gonna go with the i'd like it stuck out to me the exchange as they they have continued to do the exchange between hunter and omega at the end of the episode yeah when yeah he's asking her like why did you do this thing that's so foreign to us soldiers like why would you put emotion into this is basically what he's always asking her about it's like he's learning from her you know and he she says i don't know ray's mom likes him and that's how it ends speaking of indiana jones there is a killer crazy little independent movie theater out here and i live east of east nashville so i live pretty far out in the burbs it's attached to a tattoo parlor and it's all like medieval horror themed it's an old nice. old theater it's one screen there's like old uh, vinyl couches in there with like and like folding chair, it's it's really weird and kind of gross. But they play the they just play rad movies. So we saw Nightmare on Elm Street three in the theater a couple weeks ago, and this weekend we're going to see Temple of Doom there.
1: Nice, nice, it's very fun. Awesome. Temple of Doom is a dark movie.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so gnarly.
1: It's very good. I saw
2: it about a year ago. Similar situation. We have like an independent theater a town over that has two screens and they just upgraded to seats that were great seats for like 1992 yeah. they just upgraded to those cool <laughs> yeah, yeah they
0: don't have that at this <laughs> that's not happening at this theater it, it this is like you, you walk in and there's like statues of like horror characters yeah and, Yeah. you know old movie posters all over it's
2: this is like art house non theater but to stay in business because the theater was closed they were doing drive-in shows like all last summer and stuff so i saw temple of doom I saw, I think, I didn't see A New Hope, but I saw Empire and Return of the Jedi all kind of just drive-in style. really
0: awesome. Well, sorry to derail that. I just remembered I was seeing Temple of Doom on Saturday, and I'm really excited about that. That's dope.
1: I, hmm, I think I'm going to go with the end quote, and I may, I may change my favorite scene. No, I'm not going to. I'm just going to stick with it. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan's pick, the conversation with Hunter and Omega at the end, because... My second favorite scene, which is between Roland and Omega sitting there where she's kind of, she's seeing who he truly is in a way. She talks about it at the end. And this is again, showing like her, her superpower. Maybe he's not all bad, you know, I don't know. Ruby likes him. She's kind of just being casual and not so deep about it, but it's the way, the way she expresses it. It's just good. She's the heart of the show. That's what it comes down to. All right. Let's see what the patrons thought. Favorite scenes, five nominees. First nominee, the Bad Batch meet Roland Durand in Sid's parlor. Second nominee, the Bad Batch break into Sid's back office to steal the spice. Third nominee, Durand's henchmen chase the Bad Batch through the caverns. Fourth nominee, the Pikes threaten Durand after the Bad Batch steal the spice. And the fifth and final nominee, Tech builds a light bomb to disperse the Erlings. Patrick Merton, patron of the podcast, said, I felt that the Bad Batch meeting the Pikes helped further establish and demonstrate them learning more about their post-Republic-slash-Empire life and who the big players are. I also love anything involving the crime syndicates, because like the bounty hunters, everything is so unpredictable. Yeah, they're scumbags. They're going (laughs) to turn their back on each other all the time. Dicks. (laughs) The winner, with 39% of the vote, is Tech building the light bomb to disperse the Erlings. That did look pretty dope when that went off. It was cool. It was like, uh, God, what did it remind me of? Just the light, the blinding light coming up out of the darkness. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. I mean, it was a little bit of like Ark of the Covenant kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it coming up out of the cave, it reminded me of something. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Either way, it was awesome. Second place with 30% of the vote, Duran's henchmen chasing the Bad bats through the caverns. The action. Favorite quotes. Five nominees are the following. The first one is from Omega and Sid. Well, will we have to find her and help her?
2: <clears throat> nice to see one of you cares.
1: Second nominee, Sid and Tech.
2: If I lose, you lose. Don't forget how good I've been at
1: keeping secrets.
2: I believe she's threatening us. You're quick.
1: Third nominee, in favorite quotes, this is just Sid.
2: If those laser brains woke the hive, we're all dead.
1: Fourth nominee, this is Sid and Wrecker
2: come on boys first round's on me
1: (laughs) you owe us
2: way more than that don't push your luck
1: fifth and final nominee the conversation at the end between Hunter and Omega that Ryan and I voted for why did you stick up for him after what he did I don't know Ruby likes him maybe he's not all bad Tim Harris said Omega vibing with that little critter makes me think she's force sensitive even more. Now I assume referencing the conversation at the end with Hunter Ruby likes him. Maybe he's not all bad. Mm. Yeah. The winner with 52% of the vote is Sid and tech being snarky to each other. If I lose, you lose. Don't forget how good I've been at keeping secrets. That's a threat. That's a damn blackmail threat kind of situation. She said it kind of creepy too. She like paused before she was yeah. like keeping secrets, you know? She is yeah. a gangster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I believe she's threatening us. That wasn't the right accent. <laughs> I believe she's threatening us. Was that the right one? Yeah. Yes. That's good. Okay. There you go.
0: You know, like Western influence on Star Wars. <laughs> and like Filoni wears a cowboy hat <laughs> sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, that's what...
2: Cad Bane, got the chaps and the spurs. do we
1: do 2nd place with 32% of the vote. Hunter asks Omega, why'd you stick up for him after what he did? And Omega says, I don't know. Ruby likes him. Maybe he's not all bad. Good point, kid. I'll take second place. I'll take Good second point, place. Good point, Tiny. Final thoughts?
0: Um, I'm almost glad that this episode was on the level it was on from a writing standpoint and everything. Because now, as we've talked about multiple times in this recording, my expectations are it's low is not the right word. Just less existent you know,
1: like reasonable, more reasonable expectations,
0: manageable. Yeah.
1: There you go. Manageable expectations.
0: Knowing that going into the final court, qu- what is it? Final quarter
1: of the season? Final quarter. The yeah, fourth,
0: the final quarter. Yeah. So going into that kind of thinking like, Ooh, what, what are we getting into now? You know? And then it not looking like it's going to be some four episode arc type thing. If the next three are, that's going to be awesome. If they're not it will also be awesome because I'm sort of like learning what this show is going to be and what it means and how it's being developed, you know? So this episode was good at helping me manage my expectations
1: and I enjoyed it. So you don't think Grogu will be in the next episode? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of on the same page. I'm glad we got Nick's prediction out of the way that that came to fruition now rather than, you know, one of the last three. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Ryan key. Give us a quote of the week. All right. We've
0: been talking about the idea of like being patient while this stuff gets developed in season one of Clone Wars, for example. Look where that ended up. You know, we're all grown men weeping to an animated (laughs) series by the end. So to quote one of my favorite characters, not just in Star Wars, but of all time, patience is truly a virtue. And people who practice being patient may seem to lose the short term battle, but they eventually win the war.
1: Master Yoda. Win the war. (laughs) That's good. Win the war. Yeah, how about of all time? (laughs) Awesome. Well, not our longest episode, not our most in-depth, but a fun one. Nonetheless, it's been fun hanging with you dudes and with all of you patrons. Like we mentioned before, the Jedi Council tier patrons get to hang and watch this with us live. But we're talking about some stuff, talking about creating a Twitch channel. We were on Ryan's Twitch stream last week last Friday, yep. And we're going to change things up. We're going to keep this tier but maybe add something to it. We're talking about reacting live. I'm going to be even editing this podcast live, you know, streaming the whole thing as we record, but we're going to shuffle around the the different benefits and incentives so it still makes sense for folks at this tier. We might add more merch or something. There there's things in Patreon where you can do like a quarterly shirt, all kinds of fun stuff. But we want to expand the community and the conversation and be able to do more stuff and streaming is going to help us do that. Like if Nick's, you know, he's got new toys and he wants to talk about that. If I'm working on a helmet and I want to talk about that and Mike wants to come on and we want to talk armor stuff, you know, we can cross the streams in that way. And I think it's going to be better and it will provide us more opportunities to do even cooler things for Patreon. So more, I'm excited, more stuff. But in the meantime, if you want more Star Wars, if this podcast is not enough Star Wars for you, speaking of our boy Mike, Armor Party Podcast is all about costuming. It is awesome. And the most recent guest was none other than The Mandalorian's Carson Teva, Paul sun Young Lee of Kim's Convenience fame and The Mandalorian. The dude is awesome. It's like a two-hour episode. He's just like the biggest Star Wars nerd of all time. He talks about how he had to manage his fanboy excitement on set. And like meeting Carl Weathers and all this great stuff. So, dope podcast. Even if you're not into costuming personally, it's just a really fun listen. Check that out anywhere you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. And you can follow them at Armor Party Show on Instagram. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Thank the Maker Pod, on Twitter at Thank the Maker. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull.
0: Mine is at William Ryan Key.
2: Mine's at Nick Bayside. Still hanging out on the internet reading all the comments chatting with people talking about hockey talking about wrestling promoting the radio
1: radio show promoting
2: thank the maker
1: promoting Batu crew
2: promoting Batu crew at Batu
1: crew sharing funny memes and stuff like that and if you want merch thank we have five designs new stuff coming and if you want to support this podcast again patreon.com thank the maker pod gives you access to our discord server three different tiers for all kinds of cool stuff hit us up there. Thank you for listening. Patrons, thanks for hanging with us. And until next week, may the force be with you.